afternoon, everyone. It's my pleasure to introduce the presenters of this concurrent session, Auntie Faye Muir and Sue Lawson, who will present a session entitled Tackling the Tough Questions. Auntie Faye Stuart Muir is the elder or an elder and traditional owner of Bunwarang country. country. She's the senior linguist at the Victorian Aboriginal Corporation for Languages in Melbourne. Faye is working with her own Wurundjeri language, recording and putting language into the database for future and present generations. She presents language-related workshops to community members who are reclaiming their languages, as well as universities and TAFEs that are interested in understanding the many and challenging aspects of language reclamation. She also goes to schools to educate the students about language and culture and to teach language. Nanga is her first children's book. Sue Lawson writes books for children and young adults. She's won the Australian Family Therapists Award for Children's Literature and was shortlisted for the Prime Minister's Literary Awards and the Children's Book Council of Australia Book of the Year Awards. Please join me in welcoming our two guest speakers. Hello everyone. Now please feel free to come up because this is a conversation and you're involved. We would love um, to actually make it QA Q&A where you ask anything you want to ask. If you ever seen that show on the ABC or you can't ask that, that's pretty much what we're doing. Al and Amy Fale explain this. What we would like is to give you the confidence to go ahead and do that teaching with confidence and know where to get the help. So that's what it's about today. So we would love you to ask questions. So no such thing as a stupid question. I can testify to that because working with Annie Faye, she's had some doozies from me, haven't you? <laughs> I have. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're supposed to say no, Sue. So, Annie Faye, why is it important for us to actually teach Indigenous culture in our schools? Because um, our culture hasn't been taught in our schools, you know, about the first peoples of Australia. And I think it's most important that all children know that there were uh, people here before Captain Cook arrived. So it's very important to, um, to teach that to children, and not just to children, but to adults as well. Why are non-Indigenous people, so people like me, so scared of teaching it in the classroom? I think it's because they don't really know where to start, how to start, and if they do, they're getting it wrong. It's like putting... Um, You've got to sort of start off with small steps. And no, nothing is wrong to start with. You know, if you can't find the answer, there's always people around that you can ask questions of. So don't be afraid to do that, to, to uh, get you on your journey of learning, because that's what it's all about. OK, so how do we do it? How do we, with very little knowledge, start teaching with respect and going on a journey ourselves? Okay, first of all, can you put up your hands how many people have spoken to Aboriginal people? Because that's the first, first step. Okay, so it's really going to uh, a lot of the um, Aboriginal festivals and talking to people there to find out, um, you know, that we don't bite, we're just like everybody else. And uh, we um, are quite willing 
to talk to you about how to start your journey into your learning about us, about our people. Um, there is uh, a Tandera in October at Fed Square that um, everybody's invited to. It's a free uh, festival. It's the start of the, um, the festival in Melbourne. So it's um, where five groups get together, the Kulin Nation, and there's people there, Aboriginal people, that you can talk to. Just because, you know, Aboriginal people don't all come in the darkest of dark shades. We all come in different um, skin tones. So, um, you know, if you've got kids coming into your libraries that are, you know, red hair or blonde, blue-eyed, green-eyed, and they say they're Aboriginal, don't say they're not because they are. They know who they are. So it's very important to understand that Aboriginal people come in all skin tones. How do you define an Aboriginal person? Um, for me, it's, it comes from inside. Uh, so the way you were brought up, who brought you up, and your understanding of who you are. It's like somebody coming from another country. They know that they're, um, say, you know, Chinese or Vietnamese or Scottish because they were born into uh, that culture, the same as us. Has anyone got any questions yet, or would you like us to go do a bit more? Just I, checking. Just a comment. I think we get too caught up in, in that sort of thing, you know, trying to find who who is and who is an Aboriginal, just like you say, except that the people say they are. Did you all hear that? I think we get too caught up in trying to find out who is and isn't Aboriginal. What do you think of that, fact? Well, it's... Um, it's, it's really up to you to go on your journey to find out who Aboriginal people are that's within your community and, and start from there and talk to, uh, talk to them. You know, there's the Koori Heritage Trust, there's the Victorian Aboriginal Corporation for Languages that you could ring to, to ask um, any questions that you need to and especially to do with language and um, also for... Um, for visits, incursions out to you know, schools and libraries and things like that to have discussions. Another good thing to, I think, is to get elders into the school, if you can, to take the children on country. Is that a good way of doing yes, it? Yes, it is. It is. It's um, great to get elders to come into um, the schools and, and to the libraries to talk about um, country, because country is very important to Aboriginal people, but also to just take the kids out and tell them stories, you know, sitting on the ground under a tree somewhere. How'd you go about finding your local elder? What you do is ring the Victorian Aboriginal Corporation for Languages and we can tell you which, um, where you can contact the local elders. And you'll find, once you start exploring, it's just like this box opens and you go, how have I not seen all this... The network's all there. It's just taking that step. It is literally just opening the door. And, you know, you won't fall. It'll be all right. You might get a few eye rolls, but you'll get used to that after a while. And if they, when it comes to... Oh, sorry, is there a question? Sorry, I missed that. I just want to make a comment there. I think it's important to offer a forum for people who are in your own school. We use our library, our school. And, and uh, we have regular, regular meetings of those kids at all different levels together. It's great. Yes, it is. And then, you know, when you're doing that, you can get an elder in to talk to them as well, which would be, you know, really fantastic. 
get the kids to organise that themselves and they'll feel a lot uh, stronger as well. And if in your travels, when you're going to schools and going to kinders, what are some of the things like that, like a network that you've seen in a school that's really worked for kids? It's a lot had to do with parents being involved in the schools with their children, um, getting them to uh, into sort of meetings so that they're there at a, um, at, you know, some of these times when, when there are meetings and they're discussing the kids of what they can do they need the parents or the elders in, in that school to um, to talk to the whole school community, which is most important, I think. Yeah. Let's look at a few things, and we'll start right at the basics that we get tripped up on. Do we say Aboriginal person, Indigenous person, Aborigine? What is the term that is most respectful? Because I don't know. Does that, do other people struggle with this? Yes. Yeah. What's the term you find okay. most respectful? Well, as myself, I'd like to be called an Aboriginal person because Indigenous was, um, we were back in the, um, before we were given the right to vote, we were put into the fauna and flora as Indigenous under that um, topic. We were seen as Indigenous to, to the country, but it's, it's a very um, derogatory a word for Aboriginal people. So we like to be called Aboriginal persons or First Nations people. Is that consistent throughout? Yes, it is. All Aboriginal yes, all you know, Torres Strait Island, Torres Strait Islanders. So when we're talking about Aboriginal people, we're also talking about Torres Strait Islanders as well. With that, um, I've just lost, there was something I was going to follow with that. Is everyone okay with that understanding? you know, their actual term to call. And I don't think most people aren't going to go, you called me what, are they? They no, won't actually... No. They just might pull you up and say, you know, that's, we don't really like that because that's what we were put under by the government so many years ago, so we like to be called this or that. Is everyone familiar with what changed taking Aboriginal people from the flora and fauna list? Quite literally, you know, it was kangaroo, koala, Aboriginal... And they were cared for by cared for by the Department of Environment for whatever it was called back then. Is everyone familiar with when that changed? Is anyone not familiar? Hey, would you like to talk about um, that? It all changed when the Aboriginal people got the vote in 1967. We were allowed to vote, and we were seen as um, people of this country then, not as uh, flora or fauna. So it all changed in 1967, which is not long ago at all. Terrifying when you're my age. It's my lifetime. Well, that's right. I was at school and I didn't, you know. It was just something that my parents didn't speak about. But, um, yeah. And, you know, Mum and Dad weren't allowed to vote until they were given the... Uh, until 1967 when they were allowed to vote. And what, that, was, what was the history leading up to that vote? Was there much campaigning? There was a lot huge. of campaigning. It was huge. And it was about 80% of the Australian population wanted Aboriginal people to be counted as um, an Aboriginal, as, you know, Australian person. When you look back at the time, it was still an extremely racist time, but with a referendum, it went through a referendum, and I know, I know the exact thing, but I'm not going to get it right. You've got to get over half of the states 
and over half of the votes in each state. It's almost impossible to pass a referendum, but this was the biggest yes vote there's ever been. It was something like 90-something percent. Yeah, 80 to 90 percent. Yeah, and a huge campaign. People like Charles Perkins, you'll have heard of, um, Faith Bandler. If you haven't come across Faith Bandler, just Google her. Oh, she's amazing. Well, she was, was amazing. Yeah. And Sir Douglas Nichols, he was another one that um, really campaigned for to be, you know, counted as an Aboriginal person in this Australian population. Faye, so how important do you think it is for people just starting out on a journey to go back and look at the history and look at how Aboriginal people have been tra- treated since day dot, in fact, before Captain Cook, with whalers and sealers? Well, that's right. Um, I think it's very important that you do do your own homework, go on a journey to find out what happened to Aboriginal people, you know, right back when the sealers came out, because the sealers were, um, they um, kidnapped some of my relations from down at uh, Point Nepean, the sealers, and, and took them to right around Australia and dropped them off. And, you know, they were used and abused. So because uh, the, the sealers wanted the women, because they saw the women swimming with the seals, and they wanted the, uh, the women to uh, swim with the seals so that they could uh, kill the seals. So that's why they were kidnapped. So they were taken, you know, taken away from their traditional country. And you can fill in the gaps of what happened to them when they were taken away. I used the expression the other day to someone, comfort women, and went, actually, it's probably a good yeah. expression, you know, if you understand the comfort women of the Korean during World War Two. Yeah, quite similar. Question. Um, I was just going to say that um, Dark Emu by Bruce Pascoe is a really excellent read. Because I think when we when we talk about um, Aboriginal history, history, we have to acknowledge colon- like the, the impact of colonialism and and what um, that did to our Aboriginal population and how the consequences of that are still very apparent today. That's right. In our, um, at my school, we try to put an Aboriginal perspective text in every year level, but we run into a lot of problems because we're not getting it right. So we put in a text that we think, for example, in year 10, I don't know if anybody's read it before, I hadn't read it, but it's, um, it was a short story called Dead Dingo by Archie Weller. And it was a pretty confronting text about a young Aboriginal man who'd kind of been in and out of jail and that sort of thing. And because we have such a large Aboriginal population at our school, we could see that, you know, the, the language that the Aboriginal characters were using to talk to each other is considered very derogatory now and would not occur. Yeah. And just that yeah. evolution of, you know, talking about the difference between, say, Indigenous or Aboriginal, even with extremely derogatory terms that Aboriginal people perhaps said to each other. So we pulled the text because we, we didn't want to alienate anybody further, but then we didn't have a text. In the yes, no. And then in... Sorry to keep going, because I have this specific question for this. In um, Year 12 English, our pairings for texts have changed next year on the um, book list. So the one that we're studying at our school is um, the novel or the autobiography Traps by Robert Davison, and we're pairing it with um, Charlie's Country, the film, and that's got some really confronting themes about, um, you know, what what kind of the, the impact of colonisation on Aboriginals trying to live on country and that sort of thing, but also about white fragility and about how we're not very good at saying we're not very good at it, you know. Yeah. And I think that's an important consideration. It is too, because, you know, it's, it's the history of what happened to Aboriginal people 
but there were also good white people as well trying to help Aboriginal people. But you've got to, to read, go back and follow that journey of what happened to Aboriginal people right from colonisation. Mm. My, my daughter, when we went to the bookshop the other day, she picked up this pop-up book and it was a very, very, very old history of Australia. Yeah. <laughs> and we opened it and something very apparent was missing from that. You know, mm. there was no, there was yeah. nothing about our Aboriginal people and it was just horrifying. I said, we're not buying that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's some great podcasts as well. Yeah. Away. Andy Faye's been on Away. Away. Um, um, away. Away. And away. it's Away with an E and it's Radio National. They have some great stuff. I listened to one yesterday about Douglas Grant and it is as confronting as all get out because there's an ad for a soap in it and the soap... Um, you know what I mean, I'm trying to think, how do I say it? Um, it rhymes with rigour. Soap. Bad habit will get you clean. And so you're hearing this story, and Douglas Grant, for those of you who aren't aware, was taken by a, an anthropologist and he was brought up white and he went, as a white person, you know, and his epitaph was something like, he had the heart of a white man with the skin of an Aboriginal. Oh. It's, it, but it's really good because you go, no, you know, you start to see what's going on. And if I on that of books, if you're looking for books, apart from Freedom, Riding and Gunner, um, if you're looking for books, who can help you so that you get in yeah, a book? We'd and love you... to. We, we've spoken to um, some of the elders in our town who are very happy to come in and speak to mm. our classes and that sort of thing. But we, yeah, we'd love to know because we're, we're rural, we're a rural school, we don't have a huge network in a chip. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, there's stories from Echuca that um, Vacu have got, yeah. which is where I work, yeah. Victorian Aboriginal Corporation for Languages, yeah. short nickname Vacu. Yeah. <laughs> um, we've got a list of books there if you look on our uh, website. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, that's really, you know, Victorian. Yeah. And, you know, there's a lot more coming out, but it, it, it takes time. And we've just found that anthology, Growing Up Aboriginal in Australia, which is so interesting, young Aboriginal authors writing. Yes, yeah, yeah. So there's more coming on board, but you know, it takes a while. Yeah, yeah. And also, Koori Trust, though, they'd be able to point you to different yeah. books too, wouldn't they? They would. Yes, who's got the hand? I just make a promotion for the library I work at, which is the trying to get up a network of like-minded people and just sharing resources and this worked and have you found this one and you know because that's the other way it's almost you've got almost infiltrate coming the back door don't you, you do you do and you know with like-minded people having those resources there you know you can share them and it's real really important because you know there's not just one place where you can go and grab all these books and think oh fantastic put those in the curriculum that's it's hard getting a, a collection. So, do you have any lists that would be helpful for us to use? On, on the Victorian um, Aboriginal 
cooperation from website. Have a look up there. Yeah. But also, you know, look at um, Heritage Trust and also... Um, and also yeah. we've been um, really um, pointing people to the Aboriginal Educators Association. Yeah, the KESOs are a fantastic amazing. resource. Yeah. Yeah. Lesson plans, um, there's so much on there. Is anyone not familiar with KESOs? Yeah, Andy Fadi, would describe the, the Macquarie are? Education... Service support support offices yeah. that are in uh, steady in different areas throughout Victoria. So they go off to schools. I've got so many schools that they look after that they come into that you, you can get um, through VAI, Victorian Aboriginal Education and VAI. VAIA. Because I thought KESOs just supported the families and the kids, but they no. are much more than that. And you said they're broader than that. They're fabulous, aren't yeah. they? Yeah, they really are. Any other questions? And they also do um, PDs for teachers as well. You can also, I know in Geelong, and Artie Faye knows more about this because we're in Geelong, um, Corinna Eccles, who's a Wadawurrung woman, she now will do different things in school. She does all the welcome to countries around the Geelong region. So contact your local, find out whose country you're on, and then there will be some sort of co-op that you can start. And the thing that, you, that I don't think we as non-Indigenous people realise is the warmth and the generosity, because we've you know, been sort of, well, don't say anything, you might upset somebody in a walk right through our lives, as soon as you start asking with respect, it's just the stuff starts coming and the more you learn, the more people will give you. It's remarkable. It is. And Beckle's the place to tell you where these uh, contacts are. There's all this. Yeah. Beautiful. So, Aunty Faye, let's look at um, a couple of terms, just to give you time to let things sink, because I know there'll be more questions. So let's start with Auntie Faye. Mm -hmm. oh, should we call you Auntie? Um, it's a respect thing that Aboriginal people call an elder. Um, and, you know, there's, I don't mind if I'm just called Faye by non-Aboriginal people, but uh, Auntie Faye, you know, for friends that I've known for quite a while, they still call me Auntie Faye anyway. Mm. Yeah, so it's a term of respect. And when you say elder, we're not talking about those of us who may be a little grey. Could you no, explain no, what an elder is? An elder is um, a person that's been given the knowledge by your, um, your elders, like my grandparents and my mum, have handed me the knowledge of, of my culture down through the ages, right from when I was little. So I've got a bit of uh, knowledge as I was growing up right through, and that's the way... Aboriginal people were um, taught um, their knowledge. Some, some uh, Aboriginal people take it on board a lot more than others, and they know all you know the family history and who's connected to whom and who's you know who can marry this one and who can't. So it's um, it's a knowledge thing that's been passed down over over generations. That's when you hear the who's your mob. Yeah. That's what that's who's your mob and where you come from. Yeah, where you're from. Who's who? Yeah, <laughs> yeah who's who you are. in the zoo. 
I'm just curious about the term auntie because obviously that's an English term. So what would the Aboriginal word have been and is it more encompassing than just auntie? Or? Well, auntie is also, can be mother, even though you're not the mother of that child. But you, you, uh, in an Aboriginal family, you bring up, it's like a community, you bring up all the kids. You're not just mum to your own, you're mum to everybody that's around you. Yeah. Um, so auntie is, as you said, it's an English word, but in my language it's bamboo, but in different languages, because there's 38 in Victoria, all have different um, names. But for, for they have the same cultural association. Yes, yes, they do. Yep. Because that is one of the um, things that I think most of us trip up on as we're learning. There was what over seven hundred different clans across the nations across yeah, Australia. Yeah, and there's you know two hundred and sixty plus uh, languages. But then there's also sub languages as well. But um, some of those people, with especially in the north. They might have their main language, but then they might, a family might have a different language. They can all speak the same language anyway. So, you know, Aboriginal people are multilingual in, um, because they had to be when they were going from uh, one place to another, when they were going to somebody else's country, they had to speak that person's language. So also when they married, they had to know the the husband or the wife's language and then the mother and the father of either side and then grandparents of either side. So that could have been eight languages that they had to learn. Are there, are there lots of similarities? Um, in uh, Melbourne, there's the Woiwurrung language and the Woonwurrung were about 96% the same. But Dunwurrung, which is further up from uh, the Woiwurrung language, they're probably about 86, and then there might be a scattering of words similar throughout Victoria, but most of them are all different. You, you know, Kundichamara, which is down in the west, western district, that's completely different. And the same with Wanawarong, that's different again. And that's, you know, they were our neighbours. So how many languages do you speak? Three. Which one's Faith? My mum's language, um, my dad's language, and my dad's grandmother. Dad's mum's language. So, um, Wembewemba and Wugaya. Yeah. And Did you grow up as them being mother tongue languages? No, no, I've had to, I had to go away and learn when I was, you know, what was it, about 10 years ago, how to um, say the, get my tongue around the uh, pronunciations. <laughs> um, my parents weren't allowed to speak language, or my grandparents, because of the government policy. So I didn't hear language spoken when I was little. Can they still speak those languages? No. So all the language that I'm learning is all from a from what's been uh, collected by the um, settlers and the police protectors and the missionaries. And so we've got to look at all those languages. But then when we look at the languages, it all depends who. Um, wrote it down because it's the way they heard it. If it's Scottish or Dutch or German, it's, you know, we're, we're looking at, with Bunwarang, there's over 60 different ways of spelling Bunwarang. So it's like a forensic audit when we go through our languages to find out how we're going to spell that, that word and how it sounds to us and the way we want to spell it and say it. Yeah. 
that was one of that and continues to be one of our challenges working together. It's which spelling are we going to use? Because yeah. it's an oral language, it's not written. And it's funny, we've had a few things where you spelt that wrong. Yeah, actually, no, there's about 30 ways of spelling that, which is the most common. You know, you, you can't <laughs> list them all to be the whole book. Could you do me a favour, please, and say that? Nanga. Nanga? Nanga. You've got your tongue at the top of your roof of your mouth, right at the back. Nanga. So it's that NG sound, like the end of sing. Nanga. Beautiful, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I wish you'd seen us in a cafe with Barney Faye teaching me that. <laughs> <laughs> it's sort of a question to the whole group. I'm just wondering if there's many schools out there that have had a go of trying to introduce Aboriginal perspectives across the curriculum, across all the different age yes. levels within yeah. the school. Like the former school where I used to work at did try to do that. Well, with the um, VCAA, there is uh, language units that I've been working on with VCAA right across the curriculum to get language into one, wherever the school is situated, that language. And you've got to get the language, the permission from that community to use the language. There are some schools. There's one in Ballarat, Sebas. They're doing quite a big Wadawurrung because Wadawurrung goes from Geelong up to Ballarat and sort of skirts around. That's right. Oh, well, I've skipped it yeah, down so that way. It's quite large. And so they're starting to use a lot of language. They've got people that come in and teach the kids language. So instead of doing Italian, you know, whatever else they're doing that. But one thing... I would like to ask you, Faye, with that they get the kids involved. Yep. How careful do we need to be as educators when we go, oh, you're Aboriginal, you can do a welcome to country? Do not do that or that child will not speak to you again because they feel embarrassed to be brought out and ask them would they feel comfortable in doing it. Ask them first before you bring them out in front of all the children because it's, it is really embarrassing for the child to um, say, you know, Come up and do a welcome to country. You see, that child might not be tradition from that traditional country. It might be from somewhere else, and you've got to be very careful to ask where that child comes from. They can do an acknowledgement, but you know they might not be able to do a welcome because only welcomes can be done by the traditional owners of that country. If I would you like to tell us about Dashi and oh, his, his yeah, family. my um, grandson. They had a big um, art show at their school in Spotswood. And um, I said to Dash, you know, he's 11, I said, well, I think it's about time that you know you stepped up and you're able to do a lot for the country these days. Oh, could I, he said. Oh, OK. So I wrote him out of Welcome to Country. Well, he got up with the mic and it's waltzing around the stage and I'm thinking, oh my God, what have I done? <laughs> he was great. He was putting in words that I hadn't even written down. And so I thought, oh, here's one. Yeah, so he was very proud and so was I of that, um, that afternoon. So he'll be stepping up into being able to do Welcome to Country to, on traditional country. How good is it that he edited? I can't believe he edited what you wrote, the yeah, little rabbit. Yeah, he just put in what he wanted. Yeah, but it sounded fabulous. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, and then in that supportive atmosphere, That's what a right. fabulous thing. Yeah. yeah. And the school's so supportive of um, getting um, Aboriginal perspectives into the school as well. I went there for an incursion because for the art show they wanted to do a bundles nest. So we all got together and 
the kids wrote on the end of sticks and wove them into this um, material, you know, to the, the nest and fantastic. And they had this big bungel, coloured bungel up the top of it. It looked fantastic on the night. Yeah, so they were very, very proud. So these are all things you can do in your library. You just need to find the right person for your school where you are in that country to yeah. do a fame, come in and do that sort of thing for you. That's right. Um, at your grandson's school, you, you spoke about how well um, they're doing acknowledging Indigenous people and Indigenous culture. I'm curious, what do you think's working well in that school? Why is it working well then? Uh, I think there's some teachers there are really passionate about getting Aboriginal perspectives into their curriculum. Yeah. And also the parents, because there's other Aboriginal parents and other kids there as well. Yeah. So their, their parents feel comfortable coming into the school as well. So. Yeah, just just by doing that. Yeah, and sorry, I think I use the word indigenous. Um, okay. I meant Aboriginal. That's um, fine. That's fine. <laughs> that's okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'll yeah. tell you. So, so don't don't feel you know. Don't feel bad. Like the other no. day, a friend said, "Do you want to come up?" to Alice Springs with me. I said, I've never seen Ezra Rotten. She, everything went silent. She I cannot believe you just said that. I went, what? She goes, you of all people. So, you know, it happens, doesn't yeah. it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Any other yeah. questions? Anyone got a burning question? Hopefully you feel that comfortable that will catch you. Um, we're currently trying to collect as much Koori resources and Koori languages as we can for our life because we want to make them available to teachers. What about to you? So we're in Carlton, mm -hmm. we're a library for teachers. We have specialised in languages and English as an additional language has been our background. Yeah. We've always had some resources in Aboriginal languages, not a lot from Victoria, unfortunately, not a lot of the Kuri languages. But this year and also building up to next year for the International Year of Indigenous Languages, we wanted to really sort of start promoting those resources and I notice you've got the, the apps there, they're yeah, fantastic. So we're, we're buying all these things but we're sort of a little bit um, nervous about how to promote them or um, whether we need to put, I know that there's actually protocols on the um, Department of Education and Training um, site for teachers around introducing Aboriginal perspectives, so it's called protocols for Mm -hmm. Aboriginal education, Aboriginal perspectives education, um, and they're fantastic. So it does really point schools to going first to your community, you're drawing yep. on the expertise and knowledge and getting that permission. So I guess it's for us is where there's not languages available or people available in the areas of some schools, where is it okay to, for them to look at... Um, Sources in other Koori languages. How so would they go about um, it if they didn't. Um, I'm going to paraphrase because we've only got one. Oh, sorry, sorry. No, you're right. So basically, say you're on Boodlewurrung country and you've yeah. got nothing, which you have, you've got tons. Yeah. Can you then do, say, for example, I've got Wiradjuri and um, Wathawurrung on my iPad? Can you use Wiradjuri or no, should you? There you go. So it's better not to. It's better not to use yeah. another language from somebody somewhere else. Yeah. But we're so you know just come through the back or yeah we have we bought all this stuff. yeah but you know if you want to yes. talk to me oh that yeah. would be fantastic come available yeah. Vackle is your best friend the other thing we're going to say and hopefully Auntie Fail um, tell me if this is right or not 
with protocols, they're very, very important, but I found, as a teacher, they terrified me. I read them and went, oh, bloody hell, you know, I'm not going to do any of this. So read the protocols or talk to an elder. What would yeah. you say? Uh, read the protocols first and then get on to an elder or on tobacco because um, you'll be thinking, no, I don't want to touch that. Mm. But you need a second opinion. And it's yeah. not that scary. No, the other not. thing that will help you, I'm gonna, if you haven't, I'm sorry, go and do it. Yeah. Look, see the face? Look <laughs> the face I can. No, no. Can you imagine? No, no. A saint, I'll tell you, a saint, this woman working with me. So this book is a collection of those words we started to talk about while you were going, well, I ask a question or not. You know, what is country? What is stolen generation? Boomerang, where's boomerang from? Not every single nation had boomerangs. It's only a teeny, teeny part of Australia. And we think, not boomerang, um, didgeridoo. It's only a teeny, tiny part. Boomerangs are not just a throwing stick. They do a thousand different things. So to get that confidence for you and your kids and get them talking about what's the difference between acknowledgement and what's the difference between welcome to country, aunt, uncle, elder, all those things are in there. And it's a work in progress. So if you come across any that we haven't got, let, let us, us know. know. Because it's a growing thing. Yep. There's a new book just been published by Marsha Langton. you're welcome yeah, to country. Yep. That it's good. It's also if you're going travelling, where can I ethically go to an indigenous area, Aboriginal? See, we all do it. I just do it. An Aboriginal area and know that I'm supporting Aboriginal people and not, you know, buying cheap, nasty Chinese things. Um, so it's a good one. But yep. yeah, no, get that one first. Five yeah. copies of that before you get a walk. Can I just ask one last question? Yes. Because I look after videos in my school. I'm just wondering how important that morning is before videos about our wanting deceased people. It's very important. Yeah. yeah. So please keep doing it. Yeah. 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 That's in there too. That, yeah, it's in the book. Yeah. yeah, that's got a description in there too. And those apps, if you want to know, I've got them here. There's a Wadawar on one, a Wiradjuri one, and the other one that's a cracker is Welcome to Country, which, you know, you can click on it and it will say, you know, welcome, you're in... Uh, Wadawurrung or, you know, you're in Boonwurrung and it'll just give you a little bit of an idea of whose country you're on. So they're really good for the classroom too. And I think it's a good idea to, to yeah. let the kids find out for themselves whose country they're on as well. Get them on a journey of discovery. I'm going to butt in. Yes, we just have to Come stop. on, we just want to join. It's just been so good. Um, I could listen to you all day. And I've already bought three copies of your book. Good girl. <laughs> our year sevens are going to be doing um, a project-based learning project next year, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders, People and Culture. And we already have one, and I said we need two more at yeah. least. Great. So we've done that already. Um, so thank you. Uh, and I hadn't connected you with the book. Oh, and no. now I have. <laughs> so that's just great. Thank you so much. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you.